The Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is to be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swag lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green run. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports podcast. Well, our Super Bowl has been set. We have all the head coaching hires have finally been set with breaking news on Thursday morning of the last uh, NFL head coaching hire made in Washington with Dan Quinn and the NBA trade deadline about about a week away or so. So we're going to have an abbreviated quick take version of the podcast this week. We're going to we're going to recap the NFC and AFC title games. We're going to go through the Dan Campbell coaching moves, analytics versus not, and the pros and cons. We'll go through the last couple of head coaching hires. We're going to hit a little senior bowl is this weekend in Mobile, Alabama, and then we've got the NBA trade deadline, and I'm then going to give you five coaches that I think might be on the hot seat in college basketball as we hit about the midway point of the college hoop season. So again, appreciate you finding us on the podcast, various podcast platforms. Remember, you can find us on X and Twitter at JPO Sports. Love to hear any feedback or comments. Uh, you can go to see some uh, archived episodes, video content and such at my YouTube channel at the Jason Power Sports channel. So uh, those are the ways that you can uh, reach out, give us some feedback. Again, find old old podcasts. I want to give you a note. Uh, was had, I I I've told you guys that I, I co-host a radio show on Wednesday mornings called The Press Box. It is a uh, show that's uh, aired in about 20 markets around the Southeast. And I co-host with, with Mike Grace and company on Wednesdays. And we had the pleasure to interview Bruce Pearl, head coach at Auburn, this week. And I would definitely encourage you to go to PressBoxRadio.com to check out that interview with Bruce Pearl. A really good interview. We didn't talk about a whole lot of basketball X's and O's stuff. We talked about just the the qualities of being a coach and some of the, some of his background and how he got into coaching. It's a really really good interview. I think you guys would enjoy it. So check out pressboxradio.com and you can find the archives for Wednesday, January thirty first. Our show that we that we uh, spoke with Bruce Pearl. So uh, go go find that again. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, whether you're a uh, basketball fan, a, a parent. Uh, a player, whatever. I think it's it's a, it's a really good interview, and he hits on a lot of those topics that that involve all those uh, components. All right, let's get to the uh, AFC and NFC title games. Uh, San Francisco advances to the Super Bowl 34-31 over Detroit, and Kansas City beats Baltimore 17-10 in Baltimore to advance. So we have uh, Super Bowl, I believe it's Super Bowl 58 
kind of a rematch of four years ago. If you remember the game back in Miami four years ago, the Chiefs came back in the fourth quarter to beat the Niners, I believe it was 24-20 final. Uh, remember Mahomes hit the long bomb on third and 15 to Tyreek Hill and Garoppolo missed Emmanuel Sanders on a potential uh, bomb late in the game there too. So got a, got a rematch in Las Vegas. Interesting. This will be the first, obviously the first Super Bowl in Las Vegas and all the hysteria that will be, uh, that what is Las Vegas will be amplified threefold on steroids next week. It'll be uh, a crazy place to be probably from Thursday on next week. It'll be crazy all week next week, but um, especially Thursday on with all the celebrities coming into town. All the fans will probably be in town starting coming in on Thursday, Friday, and obviously the game will be Sunday night. Uh, It will be mayhem out there uh, as far as prices and ticket demand and sports books and gambling and all that stuff. For a league that was has been for so long had been anti-gambling, for now for the Super Bowl to be in the uh, gambling capital of the world, pretty amazing. Uh, with Vegas uh, hosting, obviously in the stadium, beautiful stadium out there, all the uh, amenities and all the stuff that'll be going out there. So that will be a um, bring your credit card. Don't come light to the party if you're going to Vegas next week because it will be the pricing for anything out there will be unbelievably outrageous. So. Hearing uh, w- words that uh, the ticket, secondary ticket market, uh, $8,000 for a ticket uh, and such. Remember, if, you, if you're looking for a ticket, ch- uh, check out TicketSmarter.com, one of our sponsors. If you're looking for tickets on the secondary market, if you're if you're going to be out there or looking for a ticket, uh, TicketSmarter.com and the TicketSmarter.com app. That's the place to check out uh, if you're looking for tickets, whether it's the concerts, whether it's football, whether it's the Super Bowl, college basketball, TicketSmarter.com is the place you can go find tickets on the secondary market. All right, let's get to the game. A couple of little recaps game. Let's do the, we'll do the Kansas City-Baltimore uh, game first. First off, uh, very, 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 very uh, disappointed in how Baltimore played. Um, offensively, the defense played fine. The one thing I, the one complaint I'll have about the defense is the bully got smacked in the face and they couldn't take it really well way too many personal fouls the Baltimore defense was looking to get into uh, skirmishes throughout the game and I know Travis Kelsey was trying to provoke poke the bear provoke different guys on defense and I get it to some degree but the Baltimore defense just was way too amped up and way too overreactive when it came to those kind of things a terrible personal foul call on Van Noy with a headbutt then he had uh <clears throat> then you had Jadavian Clowney with the, with the uh, late hit on Mahomes, hit him right in the face. Then you had Zay Flowers with the taunting after they caught, they caught the one long big play they had in the game, one or two big plays they had in the game. Zay Flowers, you know, steps over the guy, pushes the guy down, and then throws the basically drops the ball on his on his head uh, for a, just a disgraceful. Uh, unsportsmanlike personal foul just way too over the top aggressive and amped up where the Baltimore was that Baltimore team it's like they thought it was going to be a coronation and all of a sudden they realized they were down 17 to 7 and didn't know what to do and thought the, the best way to do it was try to, to, to try to be a bully and that's one thing Kansas City doesn't do they don't fall into those traps the best the best of the best teams the Kansas Cities of the world when the Patriots were un, uh, tremendous 49ers back in the day they just played to win the game they didn't give the opposition 
free 15 yards, stupidity-related, unsportsmanlike type penalties, goofball-type mental mistakes, and that's what Baltimore was filled with on Sunday. The offensive play calling was not great. Lamar did not play very well. Um, Way too many passing plays. They they abandoned the running game. I think they only handed the ball off six times to their running backs, which is is a disgrace uh, in that kind of game when it was that kind of a low-scoring game. Um, you know, give Mahomes credit, played well enough, didn't turn the ball over, managed the game well, and the defense for Kansas City was really good. Again, didn't help that Baltimore's game plan was pretty lousy, but give give Baltimore credit, I mean, Kansas City credit. They made the play on third and nine there late in the game. Uh, Mahomes hits Valdez Scantling on the, on the play with less than two minutes left in the game. If they stop him, Baltimore gets the ball back. Uh, obviously, also had the... the uh, the disastrous play where Zay Flowers fumbles at the one-yard line. Like like everybody says, you do not lunge for the end zone with one hand on the ball unless it's fourth down. That it would have been for, At worst, it would have been first and goal at the one-yard line. If the guy gets tackled, Flowers tries to make the, uh, the, the heroic play and stretch it out and give Legereus Sneed credit. What a tremendous play. He made stripping the ball out at the one-yard line, uh, causing the touchback, and then uh, which, again, compounded the error that Flowers made a couple plays before when he had the unsportsmanlike after the long catch. Uh, But just a bad, bad, bad set of plays by the Ravens. And again, I I blame Jim John Harbaugh for that, for the, uh, for the lack of discipline, for the lack of uh, the uh, awareness of, of, of just playing the game, keep playing. Baltimore got back in the game at 17 to 10. Uh, but again, all the the compounding of all those disastrous mistakes are just too much to overcome to to a great team like Kansas City. So Kansas City gets to the Super Bowl seventeen ten. They will face the San Francisco 49ers, who come back from twenty four seven down to beat the uh, the Lions thirty four thirty one. And obviously, all the questions in this game surround Dan Campbell, uh, his decision making in the second half. Obviously, the Lions played tremendous in the first half. We're up twenty four seven. San Fran didn't play terrible. Uh, they couldn't stop Detroit, which give give Detroit credit uh, for 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 that. But again, in San Francisco, I think had one turnover. I think uh, I think he threw an interception. I think uh, Purdy threw an interception. But the second half, you got the 49ers down twenty four seven. To me, this is one of the the most important uh, segments of the game. Was this first drive of the second half twenty four seven? Shanahan kicked a field goal on like fourth and six. When probably some coaches would have gone for it, down 17, Shanahan kicked a field goal, a long field goal too, after Moody had already missed a field goal in the first half, so he relied on his guy, trusted his guy, Moody, to make the field goal. He did to make it 24-10, and then Detroit had the opportunity to go right back, drove right back down the field, had an opportunity to kick about a 45-yard field goal, which would have made it 27-10 halfway through the third quarter. He chose to go for it. Again, I... I you have to kick the field goal there to go back up 17, which is three scores. You've already burned up half the third quarter, and you're still even. Just a, It's just a reckless decision by, by Dan, Dan Campbell. Remember, Campbell kicked the field goal on the last play of the first half to go up 24-10. I mean, 24-7. So kicking the field goal there would, would have been the uh, was the only choice you could make there. Because one thing, people people that are that are believers in the analytics of going for it, uh, and all that stuff. Just because you go for it and make it doesn't guarantee you're going to score a touchdown after you make it. Uh, all it does is prolongs and gives you more opportunity to screw it up. Penalty, 
a turnover, a whatever. There's no guarantee just because you convert on fourth and two for Detroit that you're even going to score, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal. Kick the field goal. I know I know the field goal is not an automatic thing, and I get it, but the percentages say if you kick the field goal there and go up 17, your chances of winning are dramatically better than if, than if you're up 14. They don't make it. San Francisco goes right down the field and scores, make it 24-17. Got a little help on the uh, on the uh, fluky uh, t- uh, uh, deflection. <clears throat> 24-17, then it becomes 24-24 after Jameer Gibbs fumbles. And then it's game on. 27-24, 49ers late in the game, about seven minutes to go in the game. Detroit drives back down the field again. You have fourth and three again. Uh, on, on about the, it'd be about a 48-yard field goal. And once again, Dan Campbell chooses not to kick the field goal. He goes for it again, incomplete. Um, and again, the other part of the equation is time and score. When you're down three, you go, you kick a field, you 1,000% kick a field goal there because even if you make the field goal and it's 27-27, there's seven minutes, seven plus minutes left in the game, you're almost guaranteed that you're going to get another possession with at worst being down seven points. Say San Francisco goes down the field and scores, you're going to have the ball back with probably two minutes and some timeouts. You're guaranteed an opportunity to tie the game. When you don't make it at 27-24 and San Francisco goes right down the field, which they did and score a touchdown, you're now down 10 and the game's over. You're not winning the game down 10 with two and a half, three minutes left in the game, whatever it was. Uh, but you, that you, you have to kick the field goal down 27-24. Um, again, same scenario. It just shows that Dan Campbell has been reckless. Again, he gets all the credit in the world for going forward as much as he has, and they've converted a lot during the year. I get it, but there's also an element of being reckless. And when you're reckless, eventually, even if the decision, even if you get away with being reckless earlier in the year, earlier in the in playoffs by going forward on all these fourth downs, that doesn't mean it's not reckless. Just because you, 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 you make it and get away with it doesn't mean it's not reckless. And eventually, if you're reckless enough, you're going to crash and burn, like in all walks of, of life. If you're reckless all the time, eventually you're going to crash and burn. We saw Dan Campbell being reckless in the Cowboy game on the two-point conversion. Not that he went for two the first time, but when the penalty got called against Dallas and they backed him up to the seven-yard line, he still went for two from the seven. That's being reckless. Okay, that is being reckless, cost Detroit an opportunity to be the number two seed and potentially have two playoff home games. It ended up working out. They ended up getting the second playoff home game because Dallas lost. But the point is, Campbell was being reckless at the time. The players are always going to want to go for it. So the players are never going to tell you to kick the field goal. They always want to go for it. Jared Goff's comments after the game, oh, we we supported Dan 100%. Of course he is. They always want to go for it. You can't be reckless like that when you're dealing with an opportunity to, to go to the Super Bowl. Now, if that's a game in September or if that's a game in the season when you're when you're 10 and 2 and the game doesn't have a lot of bearing on something, you want to be reckless, okay. You can be reckless one time and, and get away with it. But when you're when you have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, and they did, they were the better team for m- most of that game, the Detroit Lions were. And the physically and on the field, the coaching is what killed them. And coaching is what matters. Coaching is such a huge key. Like the Patriots and Belichick say, we don't always have to win the game. 
We just have to do things to prevent us from losing the game, and we're going to let the other team lose the game. More, 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 and more games are lost than our games are won. And losing games by just irrational, emotional, reckless coaching decisions are what separate the good coaches from the really good coaches from the great coaches. And Dan Campbell, he's a good coach right now. Can't put him in the great coaching category right now because, again, his reckless behavior and his reckless decision-making cost his team dearly. Should have been in the Super Bowl. They should be playing in the Super Bowl, but they're not. All right. I'll give you a full Super Bowl preview next week on the podcast. We'll give you some picks, some props, and all that kind of good stuff leading into Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, the last couple of coaching hires got wrapped up on Thursday morning. The, the Washington Commanders hired Dan Quinn to be the new head coach. Wednesday, uh, yeah, Wednesday, uh, Seattle hired Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the uh, Baltimore Ravens, to be the new head coach in Seattle. A little surprise there that most people thought Dan Quinn might be going to Seattle. Uh, with his previous relationship with Pete Carroll in that front office. He did not. Quinn goes to Washington uh, to take over there in Washington. He obviously had Raheem Morris named the Atlanta coach last week. So all the head coaching vacancies have been filled. We'll see what Washington does. Remember, Washington has the number two pick in the draft. Will they take a quarterback? Most likely. You got Sam Howell. What do you do with him? Potentially, can you trade him? Seattle, obviously, McDonald and company goes out to Seattle kind of a restart there. You got Geno Smith and company, but uh, McDonald to Seattle, Dan Quinn to Washington. Now you got the Dallas Cowboys got to fill their defensive coordinator spot. We'll see what they do. We'll see what Quinn can put together from an offensive perspective. Where does a guy like Eric Bieniemy land? Bieniemy was part of that Washington staff last year, interviewed for the Washington job, didn't get it. Where does he land? Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick left out in the cold. Vrabel, he will probably be the number one candidate next year, you would think. The one thing with Vrabel through, through the rounds seems to be that Vrabel wants all control of personnel and such. We will see if a team is willing to do that in the next coaching cycle. Sounded like teams were not willing to give up all the control to Vrabel in kind of a Belichick scenario. Uh, but, but there will be plenty of hot seat situations to be aware of next year. Dallas, Philadelphia, Buffalo, uh, potentially a place like the Giants, the Jets. So there'll be plenty of hot seat uh, places uh, that'll be out there that guys like Vrabel and Belichick will be high on the list there if things go poorly there. Uh, What happens in Pittsburgh next year um, and all that stuff. So uh, there'll be plenty of opportunity. But again, no Mike Vrabel, no Bill Belichick in the coaching world. Uh, Interesting note, note, Green Bay hired a new defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator was the head coach at Boston College. He resigned at Boston College to become the defensive coordinator of Green Bay, Jeff Halfley. He's got some NFL experience before, but uh, interesting that a college head coach at a pretty at an eight, mid-level ACC school would resign from being the head coach to now going and being a defensive coordinator in the NFL. So that happened as well. Senior Bowls this week in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, I actually uh, so you'll see plenty of uh, of the of the future stars, Penix. Bo Nix and company from the quarterback perspective are down there. You'll see plenty of guys in, in that game that'll be uh, high draft picks in the, in the you know, especially the middle round. Second, third, fourth round. You'll see a lot of those players that are at the Senior Bowl. That's in Mobile. That that game is on Saturday, I believe, uh, this, uh, this weekend. So I've actually been to the Senior Bowl before for a couple days. 
Um, pretty fun experience in Mobile. If you like to watch nothing but college football and analyst prospects and all the, most of the GMs are there, most of the uh, scouting staffs are there and all that good stuff. Uh, on the calendar, the Combine late February, that's the next big thing after the Super Bowl. And then free agency and the new league year starts in early March. So that's kind of your NFL calendar moving forward. So. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you to, in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. If you have any buying or selling real estate needs in the Tampa Bay area or anywhere in Central Florida, reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934. Drew can help you on the buying side or the selling side for any real estate, commercial, or residential property. Drew is my guy anywhere here in the state of Florida, especially in Central Florida and the Tampa Bay area. Reach out to Drew Felios, 813-382-9934 for all of your real estate buying and selling needs. All right, welcome to 2024 National Championship in the books, Michigan National Champions, but the NFL playoffs are here for the next four to five weeks, heading to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go to find tickets on the secondary market, where it's NFL playoffs, NBA, NHL, college basketball, concerts, whatever it is, anywhere in the country, TicketSmarter.com and their mobile app is the place to go for the get-in price to check on your better, lower-level seat price tickets. TicketSmarter's technology gives you the most competitive pricing on the secondary market. Your purchase is safe and guaranteed. And here's a promo code for you. Powers 10 will save you $100 or save you $10 on a $100 order or Powers 20 will save you $20 on a $300 order. Again, NFL playoffs, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and their mobile app is the place to go. Tell them the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. You can use the codes as many times as you want anywhere in the country. TicketSmarter.com. Think smarter, ticket smarter, and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. And remember the code POWERS10 or POWERS20. Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm Jason down in Tampa. A little bit of a slow week. Uh, the dead week here between the, the uh, title games and the Super Bowl. Let's hit a couple of basketball notes. Uh, we'll hit a couple of NBA notes and a couple of college basketball notes. NBA trade deadline is next Thursday. Uh, I believe next uh, within the next week. I think it's next Thursday. Uh, NBA trade deadline. There'll be plenty of names moved. Be on the lookout for the Lakers. The Lakers are floundering in the West. LeBron's starting to grumble, so I think you'll you'll see the Lakers make a couple of moves. Uh, we interested to see what, what they do. Does Anthony Davis get moved? Do what what kind of fortifications do they bring in to help LeBron? Because they've been struggling. You've got a, several upstart teams in the West. You got Minnesota. You got Oklahoma City playing really well. What will they do? Will they bring in a veteran maybe to help fortify their roster? 
Uh, be inter- again, be interesting to see. In the East, you got uh, the Knicks are on fire. They made a big move a couple of weeks ago with Ananobi, and they are playing tremendously well. Obviously, you have Milwaukee with uh, the Doc Rivers situation. Will they make a move? You got Boston. You got Philadelphia. Will they make a move now that Embiid's hurt? Uh, we don't know the, the the severity of his knee injury. If you saw the uh, the incident a couple of days ago, he got his knee landed on. He's he's missed a couple of games. Will Philadelphia make a move to try to fortify that that roster? Obviously, out west you have the Clippers playing really well with Hart with Harden, Kawhi, and Paul George. Um, again, the East uh, to me, I think a couple teams to look out for the Chicago Bulls. I think they're going to unload some players. I think a team like the Nets potentially could unload some people. You got some people out out west. Uh, what will a team like Sacramento do? Will they will they make a move, something like that, uh, to help help that roster? So, uh, trade deadline next week, you'll see a lot of guys moved, a lot of salaries moved, a lot of expiring contracts. So keep an eye on on that. Uh, there'll be some activity there uh, this weekend and early next week. So, Caitlin Clark on the college basketball circuit. She just became the second all time leading scorer. She's about a hundred plus points away from 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 uh, becoming the all time leading scorer college basketball women's. She'll probably do that in the next probably three to four games. But what a player she's turning into. She's kind of the female version of Steph Curry from the college perspective. Again, we'll be interested to see how, how she translates to the WNBA. I think she'll do really well because if you can shoot, you can shoot. Um, she'll be able to get spaced enough enough to get shots off. I think she will be a tr- really, really good player in the WNBA. But again, she is just unbelievable from a college perspective. Her range is un- devastating. Uh, her, her, she's able to go right hand, left hand, and she's got a really good team at Iowa. They're they're right in the mix again. Would love to see them back in the women's final four with LSU, maybe potentially a South Carolina rematch or whoever else gets there. But Caitlin Clark about to be the all-time leading scorer in women's college basketball history. She now is second all-time uh, after her game on. Wednesday. So uh, college basketball notes. Again, we're about the midway point of the college basketball season. Most everybody's played about 20, almost 20 games. Um, again, a lot, of, a lot of parity at the top. You got uh, Purdue. You got uh, Carolina's playing really well. You got Houston. Th- those are the kind of the teams that have been rotating that top three or four spots in the country. Um, I'm going to give you some hot seat names to be aware of as we get to the back half of the regular season. Couple five. I'm going to give you five hot seat pro, five or six hot seat hot seat programs where these coaches could be in a little trouble here um, if they don't have some pretty big turnarounds. I'm going to start with Villanova. Kyle Neptune, year two after Jay Wright. They are not playing well. That program is not going anywhere since Jay Wright's left. I don't know how much longer, how much more patience Villanova is going to have with 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 him. Uh, I could definitely see Villanova making a move in the offseason. Next team is Michigan. I looked at Michigan the other day. They're seven and fourteen. Uh, un- hard to believe that Jawan Howard is as has cratered as much as he has at Michigan. Um, you know, I know he's a Michigan guy, but I, I, I but I do wonder how much t- more time they will give him uh, at Michigan, especially with all the football success that's going on uh, down the hallway in the athletic department at Michigan. Seven and fourteen ain't going to get it done. They're they're really bad in the Big Ten. Michigan's another spot to look out look out for. Indiana's another spot. Mike Woodson, again, he's a he's a he's a he's a, a member of the family there. With, played for Bob Knight. He will be. They've kind of underachieved. They're not terrible, but they've kind of underachieved. If they if they have a bad second half of the year and maybe don't make the tournament, it would not shock me if Indiana made a move. 
Um, USC, Andy Enfield, they've not played very well at all. They've got some big recruits. Obviously, they got Le- LeBronny James playing for them. Um, they've been really, really disappointing. They're moving to the Big Ten. Could would I could potentially I could easily see USC making a move. Go check out my guy Matt Zemek on USA USC Trojan Wire. He's got all the details on on the USC situation. Um, he thinks they're going to make a move uh, in the off season as far as Andy Enfield goes. Andy Enfield's been there ten or eleven years. Remember Enfield came to USC from Florida Gulf Coast after they had their tremendous run uh, in the tournament. And here's a wild. I'll give you two more two more places that there could be there could be some moves. Texas. I wonder what the thought process is at Texas. Again, Texas is doing okay. They they might make the tournament. Rodney Terry. Remember the the run he had last year after the Chris Beard situation. Um, he's not. They've not played really well. They've they've been very mediocre this year. Uh, I wonder, again, Texas, I don't think they gave him a long-term deal. Texas ain't afraid to write a check for somebody if they need to get, if they want to make a change. Um, Texas is another place I'd keep an eye on. And here's the last one I'd keep an eye on, only because, not that he would get fired because of, of, uh, uh, but I wonder if the Kentucky fan base is getting uh, getting a little tired of Cal. Um, they lose a they lose a shootout to Florida. They've had they've had they've not had much tournament success the last three or four years. The quality of the recruits has, has not been as good. Um, you know they're not playing as well as a team. Their defense has not been good. They got beat by Florida uh, at home in a shootout game. I just wonder if the Kentucky fan base, if Cal's just getting maybe tired of that Kentucky, just the the constant beat down that can, the Kentucky job can put on somebody. It wouldn't would it surprise me at all? No, if John Calipari and them mutually agreed to part ways at the end of the year, and I could see definitely Calipari maybe going to one of these other bigger jobs, maybe a Villanova, maybe a U.S., maybe even like a uh, Texas, something like that. But I could definitely see a parting of the ways with Kentucky and Coach Cal at the end of the year if um, they don't have much tournament success this year again. So. There's some notes, news and notes for you. Basketball, the NFL, coaching, coaching carousel, all that good stuff. Again, appreciate you finding us on the Powers on Sports podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review if you if you've not already done so. Again, you can you can reach out to me on X JPO Sports. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, you can hear me on the Press Box Radio Show Wednesday mornings, eight to ten a.m. Eastern Time. Pressboxradio.com. We're also on in about 20 stations around the Southeast, but go to pressboxradio.com to check out all of our affiliates. And again, uh, Super Bowl next week, we will give you a full Super Bowl breakdown. The good thing is I don't think there's any been any significant injuries, though there was Omenahu, the uh, defensive end for the Chiefs, hurt his knee in the uh, in the Baltimore game. He's out with a blown ACL, so he will not play. He's actually a pretty good player. If you recall, he's the one that strip sacked Lamar Jackson in the championship game. So that, that's a little bit of a blow for that defense in Kansas City. But as far as <clears throat> injury-wise, I think other than him, I think everybody else is probably going to be in pretty good shape. And next week we can even have, we can even have the debate how good is Brock Purdy. Uh, everybody, there's all kind of opinions about uh, Brock Purdy and is he good enough, is he very good, is he a product of the system, what is Brock Purdy. Uh, we, we, we will get into that as well as a full Super Bowl breakdown for you next week. And I'll even give you six prop bets to make for the Super Bowl next week. So, again, appreciate you finding us. Powers on Sports Podcast. Have a great week, and we will see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.